just to let you know, if you're new, uh, we do teachings usually in series, and this was, uh, I think, believe a five-part series that we're in called In the Meantime, and we're finishing up today. It's called Comfort Zone. If you've missed any of those, if you go back and want to hear any of those, they're on our, our website. I don't know if they're on there forever, but they'll be on there for, for quite a while. Uh, I want to start off talking this morning about <clears throat> a common experience that we have. And that's when we uh, come alongside someone that's going through a difficult time, difficult situation. We're calling these in the meantime situations. Obviously, as a pastor, I do this a lot, uh, but we all do this. Uh, we have a friend, family member that is going through a difficult time, and, and we, we connect with them, uh, lots of ways to connect with them, but if you connect with them in person, and you're sitting down with them, and and they're sharing something about themselves, about their situation, and you want to help. Uh, you want to be supportive. You want to have the right words to say. Uh, and the problem is there, there just aren't any right words to say, are, are they? It might be in a funeral home after someone has died. It may be at the hospital when somebody's sick, maybe in a counseling setup. It may just be in somebody's room or somebody, you know, someplace at work. And... Uh, just don't know uh, what to say, what to do. I've uh, been in that situation a lot. I'm sure you have too. It's just the nature of being uh, in ministry. It's just the nature of being, uh, if you're a Jesus follower, it's just the nature of caring about people, um, trying to be there and, and trying to help. And I've been a pastor now for like 38 years, and I know I don't look that old, but no, <laughs> I probably look like I've been older than that. But anyway, about 38 years, and uh, I've learned some things about these situations, and I want to share a couple of them as we get, as we get started. First, uh, I'm going to title these the Fellowship of Suffering or the Bond. Fellowship's kind of a strange word. The Bond of Suffering. And the first thing is this. There's a natural bond between people who have suffered deeply and similarly. So, for example, um, you know, uh, some of you have lost uh, a spouse, for example. I haven't, you know, my spouse is still alive, thank God, and hopefully a long time, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, you've had a different experience than, than I have. Uh, you may have grown up uh, with your parents, got divorced, and you did the uh, every other weekend with one of them, and I have no idea what that's like. Right. But those of you who do, there's, there's a common bond. Um, I lost my dad when I was 18. Most of you, you know, your dad probably lived a lot longer than that. Uh, so people that have lost a parent earlier in life, you know, I have a bond with them. I understand what that's like. Especially I have five younger siblings and they grew up without a dad part of their life. But if we don't have that bond, we're, we're just outsiders. You know, I can put my hand around them. I can pray for them. I can cry with them. But I really haven't experienced what they've experienced. So the second thing I've learned is that there's a fellowship of suffering, comfort that comes to those who are suffered are uniquely qualified to comfort those who are suffering. So those of you that had the common experience, you've got a a benefit or you're one up on on us that haven't experienced that as as far as it comes to helping somebody else get through that situation. We've all seen this. We've all experienced this. Uh, again, it could be those situations. It could be some, some other situation. Um, 
And there's something powerful about being able to connect with that person because you've got the common experience. Um, you may have suffered some, some illness. Uh, we've got some ladies that have gone through breast cancer and more than one in our congregation. And, and when I see those ladies talking, I, I know they've got a connection that the rest of us just don't have because they've gone through that same experience. And, that, and it, it's something special. There's something very powerful about that. Another thing I've learned is there's, in this fellowship of suffering is that comfort from those who've been comforted is life, actually life-giving to those who need comfort. And uh, so you're going through a, a difficult, uh, well, let me share with this. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be a very good marriage. I did some marriage counseling this week. I probably would not be, I may not be very good anyway, but I would be really a terrible marriage counselor if my marriage to my wife had been smooth sailing all the way through. I would just say, hey, what's the problem? Just, you know, do what God wants you to do. You know, and send them off. I would be horrible. Uh, but most of you have heard the story. Back in our 13th year of marriage, and we had four children, and two of them were really small, and we weren't getting along, and we didn't like it. Actually, we didn't like each other. It was kind of the deal. And so we did the whole marriage counseling thing and started working on our relationship, and, and things have gotten better and continually gotten better since then. But consequently, when I sit down with somebody, like I did this week, actually t- two different couples, and they're sharing their experience. I'm sitting there nodding my head. I understand. Relationships are difficult, even if you love that person. This doesn't make it automatically easy, and we're going to talk about that the next four weeks. And you get in those situations, and you start thinking, if we said, said, I'm just never going to be happy again. You know, the first few years of marriage were good, but, you know, the last, so many haven't been, and it's just not going to be good. And, you know, some of you got adult kids, and they're not doing what you want them to do. And, you know, maybe even as, as far as, you know, they're, they're addicted to something they shouldn't be addicted to. And it's been a long time, and maybe you've been through some rehabs, and it's not getting any better. And, and uh, you know, they're never going to be happy again. And you just see no purpose. There's no purpose in this. And you don't see, like, any reason to continue. Continuing the marriage, continue supporting your kids, continuing whatever it might be. But there's something actually energizing, something empowering about somebody sharing with you what you're sharing, especially if they're on the other side of it, that they've gotten through it. And again, as a pastor, I can pray with them, I can cry with them, I can give them a hug, I can share scripture, uh, but I just cannot connect with them on the same level that you can. Now, the, the, the surprising thing is this fourth thing that I've learned over the years through the fellowship of the suffering, comforting is actually life-giving to the comforter as well. To the person that's already gotten through it and they're helping somebody else get through it, it's actually uh, comforting to them. And even though if you've been through their experience, you hope you never go through it again, and you hope nobody else has to go through it, even though this person uh, you're comforting may be going through it, and you're sharing your experience, you're sharing how you got through it, and all of a sudden there comes this aha moment, and you begin to understand, actually, there was a purpose, there was good that came from the fact that I went through this, the fact that I can help this person. And that gives value to your suffering. It gives value 
to your pain. So we've been in this series, and we've talked about trying to answer the question, what do you do when there's nothing you can do? It's just no solution. There's no answer. You can't fix it. Some of you are dealing with aging parents. Can't fix that. Maybe you've got some illness or disease or, or physical ailment that the doctors can't fix. You can treat the symptoms, but you, you just got to learn to live with We call this the new normal. It's not what you would choose, but this is your new normal. Again, relationships are a biggie. Maybe you've been uh, having difficulty in relationship with your adult kids or, or maybe your teenagers. I shared last time, I believe, about had, a, had difficulty with, uh, for five years, one of my sisters wouldn't talk to me. Uh, so dealing with that situation. Uh, what do you do when there's nothing you can do? There's no answers. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, second week we talked about in that situation, we feel like God is just absent. If he was here, this wouldn't be happening, right? Well, if he is here, then he must not care. So he's apathetic. Or one other possible scenario <laughs> that He's mad at me. He's getting even with me. He's punishing me. And of course we talked about that's not true because he already punished Jesus in your place, his, his son. And then we talked about this, this suffering time that's in the meantime can actually have a purpose. And God has promised us that he'll help us through it and he also, that it, that it, that it will have, eventually have a purpose. And then we kind of talked about this crazy concept a couple weeks ago that you actually can learn the secret of contentment in the midst of terrible circumstances. And we talked about Christ in you, empowering you. And we we gave you some some, uh, cards, and we've got some of those cards. You can get one. It says on one side, I can't, uh, um, he can or you can, God. And then last week, we talked about one of the benefits of going through difficult circumstances is that you hang in there and you endure to mature, just like muscles. Uh, I hadn't run for a couple of weeks because of snow and some scheduling problems, so I tried running yesterday, and it was painful because I hadn't been running for several weeks. When I run every other day, it's much easier because my muscles have developed or matured. And, and unfortunately, our, our relationship with God and even our emotional growth doesn't happen through good times. It just doesn't. It happens through difficulties. Now, what authority do we have, or I have, to talk about any of this stuff? Well, I have some experience, and I've shared some of that, but the real authority comes from the Bible, the New Testament, and the, the characters, especially the authors of the New Testament. And their lives were much more difficult than probably any of our lives. Yet, in spite of that or because of that, they continued to believe in a loving, caring God, even though good th- bad things were happening to, quote, unquote, good people. Um, we're going to look at something Paul wrote, and he's going to share with us what is the, the purpose or the role of comfort in these in the meantime, situation. We talk about Paul a lot. He started out as a Jesus hater. That's why it makes him so interesting. And as an adult, he became a Jesus follower. And he went around starting churches and had a really difficult time, but he got these churches started in different places, and then he would write letters back to them. And so he said, 
uh, eventually wound up in prison, so all he could do was write letters to them. But unfortunately for us, that's part of our New Testament. And again, it's, it's amazing that these writings have lasted for 2,000 years. So we had the benefit. But Paul, in the midst of, after he became a Jesus follower, you think his life got better? <laughs> his life actually got worse. And then he talked about how he had this, this, this thorn in the flesh, he called it, and he described it this way, or we described it this way. It was painful, so it wasn't pleasant. It was humiliating. It, it, it made life more difficult for him. It was debilitating. It made ministry or doing, starting churches more difficult. And he prayed three times for God to remove it, and God said, nope, not going to remove it. And so it was permanent. Right? So that's the way he described that. So he's had experience with something, we don't know exactly what his was, but something similar to our difficult circumstances. So we're going to look at something he wrote in, to the church in Corinth. It's called 2 Corinthians. It was probably the third letter he actually wrote to them. And we're going to start right at the beginning. So he says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. God is our merciful or compassionate Father. So he's describing him, his, his characteristic. So when we talk about God the Father, he is compassionate or merciful. That's his nature, all right? So we can be sure that whatever he does is compassionate or merciful. To go along with that, or because of that, and he's the source of all comfort. So you need comfort, that's the best place to go. We sometimes look for worldly comforts, and there's some, you know, some of that. Mostly it's escapism, and some of it's very destructive. But he, God is a healthy source of comfort. <clears throat> now, in a situation where I do not have common experiences with you, all I can offer you, or anybody else can offer you, is what we call sympathy. Uh, we hurt for you, we feel bad for you, whatever. But when someone has a common experience with you, we call that empathy because they know how you feel. They know what it's like to go through what you're going through. And we all wrestle with the fact that how do good, bad things happen to good people? We all wrestle with that. And depending on how bad your situation is, probably the more you wrestle with that. And Paul's, again, had these really tough experiences, and he's saying, God the Father is merciful, compassionate, source of all comfort. Then he goes on. He, God, comforts us in all our troubles. So it doesn't matter what your situation is. God is there to give you comfort. But when you're in those difficulty situa difficult situations, in the meantime situation, do you pray for comfort? Let's be honest. Is that what you pray for? What do you pray for? Come on, somebody can be honest out there. What are you praying for? Take it, away. Take it away. Good, thank you. You're praying for it to be gone. You're praying for it to be solved. You're praying for it to be over. Paul is saying, my experience is, and your experience and mine is too, right? There's nothing you can do. It's not going away. Now, you're saying, I need. I need this to be healed. I need this to be fixed. I need this to be over. But we also talked about God. God gives you and I permission to ask for it to be over. 
You know, he didn't scold Paul for asking for three times. He said, it's okay to ask, as long as you understand that God's going to, like Paul, sometimes going to say no. This is not what's best. So, he comforts us in all our troubles. Why? What's next? So that. So that what? We can be comforted? That's kind of what we would think, right? The logical thing. Um, And that happens, but that's not why. (laughs) And that's what's so interesting about Paul writes here. He comforts us in all our troubles so that what? We can do something. Not so we can be comforted, even though that happened, so that we can do something. We have some, we are enabled to do something. We have capacity, the power to do something that we otherwise wouldn't be able to do. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of interested. What, what am I able to do in this situation? So that we can comfort others. Ah, okay. Now I know. So when they are troubled, these other folks, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So it's really not for me or it's really not about me. We say that a lot. So why does God comfort me? So I can comfort others. Well, God, I'd rather you just fix it. Well, that's not often the case. So God is saying to us, it's not I'm delivering you from this. I'm delivering you through this. Hopefully that makes sense. So consequently, you and I have a responsibility when we've gone through difficulties and God has given us comfort to share that comfort with others. To look around and say, hey, who else has gone through what I've gone through? How can I help them? So we're going to summarize, actually summarize it with two statements. First, this one. God comforts us to comfort others. So why does God comfort us? Go ahead. Yeah, it's not a trick question. God comforts us to comfort others. Okay. Why? Well, we'll expand on this a little bit. God comforts us through others to comfort others. So you and I have this ability, this capacity. We're able to do something that a lot of other people can't do, that I can't do even though I'm a pastor because I haven't experienced what you or they have experienced. And he goes on. For the more we suffer for Christ. Now, let me explain this a little bit. and we, That's a whole big topic, but I'm just touching on it this morning. There are times we suffer for being a Jesus follower. And if you're not a Jesus follower and you're with us this morning, we're so glad that you're here because we, we believe that these principles work for everybody. So there are times we suffer for being a Jesus follower, but this includes all the suffering we do. Because anytime we suffer as a Jesus follower, Jesus is suffering with us. That's what we understand. He, he suffered and died for us, and now as we live our lives, He suffers, He goes through it with us. So, The more that we go through things, we suffer as a Jesus follower, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So if your difficulties are little, you'll get a little sprinkling. (laughs) And if you're going through, you know, a blizzard, then God is going to send a downpour uh, of comfort for you. That's the way Paul describes it for us. So basically he gives us what you need. If you need a little, he gives you a little. If you need a lot, he gives you a lot. And I'll summarize it this way. Our capacity, our ability to comfort is determined by the degree to which we've 
suffered. If you haven't suffered much, you can't really be much help. I mentioned about marriage. If your marriage has all been smooth sailing, you, you're not much help. I'll just be honest. You're not going to be much help to those of us that struggle in our, our marriage relationships. In fact, if somebody has tried to help you and they haven't had the same experience as you had, you may even say to them, or you might say to somebody else, or you're definitely thinking this, they don't understand. Aren't you? That's what you're thinking. They don't understand. And it's true. They, can, they don't. They can't understand. Because they haven't experienced what you've experienced. You've, your situation is different from somebody else's situation. But can there be a purpose in it? Yes, and here's the way I, I like to think about it. When you're in those situations, the biggest problem is fear, isn't it? Fear you'll never be happy again. Fear that's not going to get any purpose. You know, fear that you know, I'm not going to make it to the other end. And somebody else has gone through it, they can say, hey, I know it's, gonna be, it's tough. It may go on for a while, but there is hope. And that's the word I like. There is hope. You can come out on the other side even better than you were before. But dependent on our capacity is dependent on the degree we suffer. And then he goes on. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, I mean, they're big time. It is for your comfort and salvation, meaning for your help, not literal salvation. It is for your comfort and salvation. So my problems aren't about me, they're for you. But when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you and that you can patiently endure. You can have hope and you can get through it. The same things that we have suffered. I did it, you can do it. In fact, you can probably do it better. And that's what Paul is saying to, the, to us. You can do this, no matter what it is. Aging parents, Marital relation difficulties, difficult children, illnesses, financial problems, whatever it might be. You can do this. In fact, he uses this word in the next verse. We are confident. We are positive. That as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. And that's why it's so important that you and I read our Bibles. And, you know, you might have a real, you know, Bible Bible, <laughs> but a lot of us have smartphones, and I have an app on there, and I have the whole Bible on there, and all kinds of different translations. And you and I need to read it, because when we're suffering, and we think, there's no purpose in this, we can read things like Paul, and say, hey, you know, I've gone through some really tough times, and there is a purpose. And the biggest purpose is that you pass along the comfort that you've gotten from other people, and you've gotten from God. So let's summarize it this way. In the meantime, comfort those who need comforting with the comfort you have received. Now I just want to take a couple of minutes here and, and share some stories. And um, Josh gave me permission to do this first one, and this will be the most difficult one. <clears throat> some of you don't know, but uh, our oldest son's wife, Erin, um, Got sick about three years ago and, and died a year and a half ago at age 33. And um, the day she died, we gathered there at, at their house. And uh, all of us had different relationships, but we all had the common experience. 
Well, the interesting thing I was talking to, to Josh is he's connected with a couple folks that have lost spouses at, at, at a young, younger age. And, and he told me they had this special connection. And, and one of them, he basically didn't, really didn't know this person. But now they have this bond just because they say, suffered the same horrible thing. We had a lady who used to attend church here. She, she really struggled with her, when her mom died, kind of a normal age. And she started a website, a ministry to other moms. Uh, there's like divorce recovery groups. And if you're going through a divorce or been divorced and um, you're looking for some help, that's the best place to go. I don't have any idea what that's like. But a lot of other people do. Uh, you may be struggling with an addiction, um, whatever the experience might, might be. And as a pastor, the thing that really blows me away is when you folks come and say, and it's not so many terms, but put, put me in. I'm looking for an opportunity to share my experience with somebody else. I want the comfort I've got to be able to share that and help somebody else be comforted. Why would we do that? Because some of us are crazy enough just to believe this stuff. Believe what the Bible says and, and to believe that there can be purpose in pain. That our pain, our suffering is not wasted. Isn't that wonderful to know? So we're going to finish up. We talked about this all, the whole series. Lies we believe in these situations. I'll never be happy again. Just never going to be happy. Can't. Nothing good could come from this. No way. No matter what you tell me, Pastor, no matter what those people in the Bible did, nothing good can come. In fact, there's no point in continuing. No point in continuing this relationship, this marriage, uh, trying to do the right thing, even trying to be a Jesus follower. The truth is this, though. You can be happy again. I think we'll get it up there. (laughs) Yeah. You can be happy again. And find somebody else who's gone through that same experience and are on the other side of it, and they're a model for you. Something good can come from this. My wife, more than I am, she still runs into people that didn't really know Aaron, but because of some common experience, they come across her blog. And it's just, it's touched tens of thousands of people. Amazing. The good that can come from it. And there's a purpose to this pain. And it might not be any greater, which is a great purpose, than to be there to help somebody else get through that common experience. We're going to finish with a verse that Paul wrote to another church. Out of his experience, I'm certain, again, I'm positive, the God who began the good work within you, and we usually refer to that as when you step across the line and become a Jesus follower, He will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Or we go to be with, uh, when when we die. So God isn't finished with you yet, as we say. God's still working on you and on me. But it's for good. For good, uh, a good uh, result. Let me just ask you this final question. Whatever your situation is, did it surprise God? Did Aaron's Illness surprised God. Did my marriage problem back in 13th year, did it surprise God? Surprised me. Surprised us. Didn't surprise God. We have a loving, caring, compassionate, all-powerful God. And if you can wrap your head around that, 
And you can understand what this in the meantime situation, God got something good planned. It's into this series. Again, it's on our website if you want to go back and listen to any of them. Uh, please, 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 try and be here next week. This series that we're going to start is something that really changed my relationship for about four or five years ago. I wish I'd come across it much sooner. So let's pray and we'll have a final song. Father God, thank you. Thank you for Paul. And he can thank, thank you so I can thank you for his experiences because they were tough. But you got him through. And God, we don't like it and you don't tell us to like it. You tell us, hey, one way your pain, your difficulties can have purpose is to share your experience with others. Give us opportunities. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. And God, uh, we still need to be there, even though maybe we can only sympathize for those, those who are hurting. That's important too. And God, we thank you that you let Jesus suffer and die so we could be connected with you. And we pray for anyone here that's not connected with you yet, that they would acknowledge the fact that they'd like to be, that they need to be, and uh, would possibly step across that line and accept that gift. Um, God, we thank you that it's offered to everyone. I thank you that I get to offer to everyone here. We want to thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've got your Connect card. Let us know how Anything that's going on in your life, if you want to keep it confidential, write that on there. Um, I'll probably be the only one who sees it then. If you want to step across that line or you stepped across that line, we'd certainly like to to know and like to hear from you. Uh, We'd like to be here to help.